Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hey there, thank you so much for joining me today for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and for business owners who want to know what really works with social media. I'm very excited about today's show. I'll be interviewing John Jantz, who's the founder of Duct Tape Marketing. We're going to take a close examination on the concept of community development and why it's important for your business. I'm also going to introduce a really killer discovery for you in just a few seconds. Well, as a matter of fact, heck, why don't I go ahead and transition over to that right now? After mediating a crocodile family dispute, look at what Michael Stelzner discovered. Well, you know, this one is actually something that's good for you and for me personally. It's not necessarily a marketing thing. But what I want to introduce you to is called Fitbit. And if you're a marketer like I am, you sit in a chair a lot and you stare at a computer screen and uh, you're engaging with people, you're checking analytics and so on and so forth. And you don't necessarily get up and and get out as much as you'd like. Well, um, I was turned on to Fitbit by my friend Cliff Ravenscraft. And what this thing is, is it's a little device that's kind of like a large paper clip. And it clips onto your, um, your belt or your pants or your shirt. And what's really cool about it is it tracks your steps. But it's got an accelerometer inside of it, a lot like the Nintendo Wii controllers. And it knows whether you're going up or down stairs. If you're going up elevations, it tracks the calorie burn. So, for example, when you set this thing up, you tell it how tall you are and how much you weigh. And it calculates your resting caloric burn. And then it knows whether or not, you know, if you're doing up, going up and down stairs or walking, how many extra calories you burn. And it's really kind of cool because it's just this little thing that you can clip on you and you can look at it immediately to get some accountability and some instant feedback. But what's really neat about this is it's got a little USB adapter. You hook it up to your computer and whenever you get within about 15 feet of your computer, it synchronizes the data wirelessly, not using Bluetooth. I don't know what it is, some proprietary technology, and sends it up to a private page that you've set up so that it tracks your daily caloric burn, your daily steps that are taken. It gives you little rewards and badges if you've achieved certain accomplishments. But what's really cool is once you go onto the website, you can, for example, go in there and say, hey, today I went to uh, Carl's Jr. and I had a chicken sandwich. Boom, up pops the Carl Jr. chicken sandwich and it's uh, 390 calories. It remembers that you like that and then you can go ahead and enter every day if you eat at Carl's Jr. exactly what you had for lunch, for breakfast, for snacks. Um, If you go to the gym like I do, you can say, hey, I did weight training for 45 minutes. It knows how much the average caloric burn is for something like that. And it's just really very cool. It keeps track of all this stuff for you on a chart. 
And my wife joked with me because I was at like 9,900 and I needed a couple extra steps. So I got up and I started walking around the family room in circles. And she's like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> but uh, I got to tell you, I've begun losing weight because this thing um, holds me accountable. And what's cool is it integrates with Facebook and it allows me to pull in my Facebook friends who are also on Fitbit. And then it shows me a daily kind of uh, how many steps I've walked this week versus them, and it kind of ranks them. It's just one of the coolest things I've ever seen as far as just technology and personal achievement. Now, I know this has very little to do with marketing, but it is definitely a cool discovery. I would encourage you, if you haven't, um, go get get one. You can get it on Amazon. They're about $99. And then once you buy this thing, uh, the software itself doesn't cost you anything at all. But if you end up um, getting the Fitbit, Go ahead into the show notes and be sure to uh, share with me what you think about it. And you can get to the show notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 10. I'll repeat those a little bit later uh, in the show. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Okay, so at this point, we're going to go ahead and transition over to today's special guest. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. I am so excited to be joined by my friend John Jansen. If you don't know who John is, he's a small business expert and author of three books, one brand new. The first one you may know is Duct Tape Marketing. His second book is The Referral Engine, and his brand new book is The Commitment Engine. John, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Always great to get to visit with you. Well, um, likewise. So today we're going to talk about community building, and we're going to talk about why does this matter and how can you pull it off. So John, um, I was perusing through your book, and I'm going to quote a sentence out of the book. It says, in a perfect world... Every business would spend a year or so doing nothing but community building before they ever opened the doors. So can you elaborate a little bit on that? Well, you know, again, I'm glad you started with in a perfect world because obviously a lot of doors get open because, you know, I get fired or, you know, I have a great idea and I, you know, I charge on and start the business. But the idea I was trying to get across here is that uh, you will, your business will make it or break it based on uh, how much you're able to build this, this committed community, loyal community, folks that want to hear from you, uh, be it, you know, in a weekly email newsletter or a podcast like we're doing here. And, 
and it takes time. It takes effort. It's uh, there. There's no. You don't go out and buy a community. Usually, um, it's something that is developed because people. You, you're consistently in their inbox. They trust you. You're very authentic. You put you know out good, valuable information. And so the people that are interested in that are drawn to you uh, o- over time, generally. Uh, but it's it's. The asset, it's the number one asset, I think, for a small business that, that really wants to build some momentum. Uh, I, I actually even talk about in the book an example of a restaurant. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, in the Kansas City area that this woman decided she wanted to start this uh, vegan, all uh, mostly raw, actually, uh, restaurant. Didn't really have the money to do it, uh, but had a concept, uh, actually had a, um, a model of a restaurant out in California that the folks were being really good teaching her kind of how to do it. And she just said, you know what? I'm starting today. My business starts today. By the way, there will be no physical space for about a year, uh, but I'm going to start educating people on how to eat this way. I'm going to start talking about recipes. We're going to have get-togethers. Um, I'm going to give you an option to buy a $1,000, kind of like a crowdfunding uh, idea. You know, give me $1,000, and when we open, I'll give you twelve hundred dollars worth of meals um, and and really wow. built this huge community up for a, a year finally opened the business I went on opening night and the, 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 the line wrapped literally around the city block of people wanting to get in and it was like wow this stuff works so, um, yeah let's let's break this down a little bit John so did she actually maintain some existing job while maybe beginning I don't know a blog or something yeah. in order to kind of draw a following to her absolutely she um, she was. I want to say she was. Uh, she is a physical therapist, ah. um, and and still I think maintains that job uh, today. Um, as a matter of fact, and so the restaurant, even though it's a full time, you know, it's it's doing really well. It's right in, uh, near my office. I go there occasionally, and it seems to always be doing really well. Uh, but it was the it was kind of the focus of of generating this community, you know, for a year. And, and she really had some, some neat things. I mean, there were, um, there were movie premieres and she'd have, you know, guest chefs come into town and stuff and, and just, you know, none, none of it to my knowledge really cost her anything. You know, it wasn't like she had this, you know, huge budget where she was just kind of biding her time while she was building the restaurant out. I mean, it was, it was all very, very community based stuff. Now, uh, you, you know, it wasn't just because they were supporting her, I mean, she, she, this is a key too, is it was the concept, uh, that they were supporting as well. The, the, you know, the, the type of restaurant, the type of eating. And so she was tapping into, um, a bit of a community that existed, if you will, uh, of people that were interested in, in that type of eating, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if, without getting too technical into it, you know, the, you, you hear about vegetarians and vegans. This is actually a step beyond called raw <laughs> where none of the food is actually, uh, huh cooked in any manner and it's a uh well you're out in california you should know all. oh yeah absolutely (laughs) well you know i think the take-home lesson here for everyone listening is that this gal created a movement before she created a business and i think that's pretty exciting she tapped into something that she knew there was some common interest and um you know that allowed her to launch essentially as if she'd been around for a long time right john and immediately have customers and i tell people that all the time when they start saying yeah i'm thinking about leaving my job I'm like, go start blogging right now. You know, go start getting your point of view out there. Go start collecting, you know, capturing emails, you know, because that's going to be the stuff that's going to to end up really carrying you when you start saying, oh, and by the way, I have something to sell. So let's step back and define what you mean by community building. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great question because, you know, it's a real 
hot topic it seems like of of late you know the last last few years particularly when we talk about community being your group on network or or i'm sorry on facebook or you know yeah that some, sounded bad group on network <laughs> i guess that group on facebook you there know, you go social networks uh, you know a lot of people equate that same idea with the community but if you think about it you step back we've always had community um and and in many cases it was it was based in place, right? It was your tribe. It was your uh, school. It was your church. I mean, those are all communities. And the concept of that community is that we gather around a sort of a shared interest, obviously a shared location, but a lot of what it meant to be part of that community was to to give and to take kind of mutually. And so that it was, you know, what, whatever you did, it was in support of the community and the community supported you. And I think that that same concept, you know, when it comes to a business, we haven't really always applied it so much to a business. It was always what's in it for me or, you know, you sell, you sell to these customers and they give you money. And, and I think that, I think that that idea of the original idea of community is, is much more in place, I think, today. Um, and, and a lot of it's really been aided by social media, even in uh, obviously social media allows people to gather regardless of geography uh, into a community of shared ideas, uh, which happens quite frequently. I mean, there are many, many businesses out there now and communities out there now where people don't actually meet face to face. But I think it also facilitates the the face to face meetings and the the offline uh communities, I think these tools in many ways allow them to actually connect faster, uh, to connect at much deeper levels. Um, and so the, the, that to me is, is what community building is so much about. You know, um, I, I'm glad we're talking about this because I believe you've done a great job building a community around your whole duct tape um, brand. And I know that's really been a lot of the success for Social Media Examiner. And if you go back, John, before you and I started these communities to the way marketing used to be, it used to be so much about um, create something with the in- with the intent to draw someone kind of against their will, you know what I mean, into a funnel that they can't escape from, right? <laughs> and don't give them anything. Just give them a little bit to lure them in using psychological triggers and principles. But nowadays, I think community building is really about giving away stuff and about giving gifts to people, which leads naturally into my next question. So in your book, John, you say it's no longer enough to offer a free but crippled version of the real deal as a way to upsell. So can you kind of share with me um, what do you mean by that and what it, why is it different now than it was before? Well, I think that I think that you know you mentioned earlier the the, the funnel thing. You know, the the free uh, in many cases was just a way to kind of bring you deeper into the funnel, but it wasn't, you know, I talk about crippled software, you know, we've all done that in the old days, people would give you the, yes, it's free, download our software, and then it couldn't do anything, you know, and right. so if you really wanted to, to do the stuff that, that they advertised that was really cool, you had to buy, um, and I think that people have really got, grown really very tired of that game, and so what I think that, again, I, I go back to community buildings all about trust building and, and authenticity, and so you see some of the best marketers today that are saying, look, here's our free stuff, and by the way, it's better than what most people actually charge for, um, and we want you to have that, participate in it, use it, draw value from it, and we know that from that, a percentage of folks will say, how can I go deeper into the community? How can I get the, not, not just the upgraded version, but maybe how can I get a, a version that, that maybe is just, you know, 
personally developed for my business or that you know that I can use and resell or that I can actually become a member of your community in a way that uh, that, that I can help others I can train others in the community how to use this tool as, as part of how I interact so it's it's much more of a kind of platform approach if you will than it is a ploy to uh, to to kind of lead you in with a little bit of candy uh, so that we can you know get the real money out of you and I think um, this is such a hard thing for so many marketers that have been around for at least a decade or longer to understand because uh, so many of us have been you know, taught that there needs to be a strong return on investment for all that we do. And we almost kind of need to step back and say, would it be better to have hundreds of thousands of people using our free software and evangelizing on our behalf and letting others know about this free software, knowing fully well that only a small percentage of them are going to be customers, than letting just a few thousand people get get into our uh, paid stuff and nobody ever get anything for free or hardly anybody ever wanting to get anything for free because it's so lame. I think the better thing is to have so many people using the darn thing that it becomes kind of ingrained in their life and then they start writing about it and they start talking about it and they become virtual salespeople for you. And yeah. that fully not, fully knowing it's always going to be a tiny little part of the pie that buys, right? I yeah. mean, that's, that's kind of the yeah. new thing. Absolutely. I mean, one of the stories that I use on that that I think is a great example is the software uh, tool uh, called Evernote. Um, and it has become wildly popular. It's a very simple note-taking, information capturing. Uh, I don't know if, you're, if you use it yourself, Yeah, I do. Mike. I do. Yeah, but uh, it, it, it's one of those that people just go out and evangelize. It, it is The free version is, is enough to do <laughs> everything that most people want. It just works. It, it syncs with all of your devices, and, and really people have come up with incredible ways that they're uh, using this to organize their lives. And then there are people who will tell you they, they, they couldn't live uh, without this tool. And a you know, millions and millions. In fact, I would say probably hundreds of millions of users now, um, and a percentage. And I think it's only about three percent decide to pay for the full version. But it, that that three percent has created an incredible uh, company. And and you the, you will find many many Evernote users out there, paid users like myself, that will tell you that I thought the tool was so great that I actually went to them and I wasn't sure that the upgrade was even going to really do that much for me, but I felt they had built something so valuable that I wanted to pay for it. See, that is awesome because what that free thing is doing is it's building the community upon which they can build the business like we've been talking about all this time. So let's step back. How can, yeah, go ahead. One more thing in there. Yeah. The other thing that having that kind of rabid community does for organizations like that, and I sh- and I share a couple other examples in the in the book, is their users wrote the user guide. Uh, their re- their users wrote the advanced guide and the hacks to Evernote. So all of their incredible content that p- that then makes their service even more valuable is actually being created by their community. Yeah, and we often forget that. Um on Twitter, the whole concept of the retweet was actually done by the community of users. Yep. Oh, yeah. There's another example. So, so let's talk about businesses that don't necessarily have the chops to develop a free app. Um, how? Can, what are some some advice that you would give to someone who's thinking about building a community? How how would in a committed community in particular? Where would they start? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is a lot of times people will say, well, I'm an accountant. I'll start writing about accounting, and I'll throw that out there, and a whole bunch of people will want my accounting 101 uh, tips, and they'll flock to me. Um, and that, that may, in fact, uh, be true, but typically what 
a community forms around is uh, a unique point of view or some you know something that's different or something that's very narrowly cast and i think that that would be my vi- my advice don't go out today and start a marketing community uh, go out today and perhaps start a a you know marketing retail businesses in Kansas City uh, community and that that was a terrible example but but hopefully you get the point i mean really kind of narrowly cast and then start bringing those people together start learning everything you can about them and what their challenges are start sharing uh, content that is that is just completely relevant to, you know to that narrow uh, niche start re uh, publishing content, filtering, aggregating, you know, doing everything you can to actually put together uh, information that, that people are going to want to receive, that people are going to want to talk about, and they're going to want to share. I, I think a lot of times people think community means I gather a whole bunch of people and, I've, and I throw stuff at them and I talk at them. Um, right. I think one of the, the biggest keys is, is to produce something of value and then start a conversation uh, and, and get uh, community members involved in advancing the purpose of the community or maybe even uh, uh, maybe even forming or not forming but but directing uh, where the community goes I think a lot of times um, you see these wildly successful communities one of my favorites is behance um, which is a community really around uh, graphic designers and and people in uh, the uh, the graphic space a huge huge community uh, and and the founder of that community um, you know said that you know we didn't we didn't we didn't go out to create a community. We basically got some people together that cared about the same thing, and we all started talking. and People wanted to join that, and people wanted to, to, to be a part of that. And I think that that's you know there's a tremendous lesson in that. It's where where companies many times fail is when they decide we need a community, um, or we need to create a community. And and I think a lot of times uh, communities form around an idea worth sharing. Absolutely, and you know if you're listening to this today and you say to yourself, "Man, I wish." I could be around more people that do what I do. <laughs> and you do a little research and you find there aren't really anybody out there that's doing that. Well, then you could have an incredible opportunity to build that community and have that be a huge basis for a business. And what I often like to say is in the old world, world of marketing, um, you had to pay someone else who already had a community. For example, with Google, you have to pay them for those ads to show up on Google, right? Or you have to pay the uh, local Yellow Page company. Or you have to pay the radio stations in your community. When you have your own community, what's great about that is you don't have to pay anybody because you have that base in place that's attracted to that common cause. And you can build a really successful business on top of it. And nobody's really doing it um, intentionally. And I think that's what is unique about what we're talking about today. Um, John, go ahead. You want to add to that? Just would say also, you know, it's not like you have to spend a whole bunch of money to do this either. I mean, you could go tomorrow if you have the right idea and start a LinkedIn group and start uh, uh, attracting people to that LinkedIn group that want to talk about uh, a topic. I've seen communities start around people just saying, hey, Nobody in our industry is talking about this problem. It's like the elephant in the room, you know. And here, let's the five of us get together and we'll just start this peer network and we'll start talking about this problem. And next thing you know, you know, there's a hundred people talking about it. So let's say um, you've got a community, or you've got the start of a community, and you've got some people. Um, what should the role of your customers be in this community? And in your book, you mentioned something about the hero being the customer. If I'm not mistaken, can you elaborate a little bit on that? 
I have to give a little context on that in that um, early in the book, I talk about um, when you're trying to decide what the higher purpose that your business can serve, I, I talk about uh, one of the questions I ask is, you know, who do you want to see you as a hero? And not in, in an egotistical way, but I think when you when you think about your customers or, or whoever it is you're trying to serve, um, you know, if you, you kind of want to, them to, you never want to let them down. <laughs> you know, you want them to see you as, as really having them, uh, their best interest interest in mine. And so that's where I introduced the idea of a hero. Uh, but then when I get to the community part, then I talk about turning that around and saying, you know, how, what's the story, you know, that, that your community can tell uh, to, so that the members, you know, feel now like uh, the hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that has to do when you get a really activated community, a lot of that has to do around uh, giving them roles, uh, letting them run things. Uh, you know, one example I use in, in the book and uh, a, a very, very good marketer uh, works mo- primarily with technology folks. Uh, her name's Robin Robbins in Nashville, Tennessee. And she has this very large uh, community of folks that pay her to go through uh, this annual training that she puts on and she creates these accountability groups and she has actual customers who apply to be uh, the head of those accountability groups. They don't get paid anything, <laughs> but but they, they, they do a lot of the heavy lifting for her organization, for her community to basically keep people you know on task for what they agreed they were going to get done, you know how they were going to grow their business. And so she has these, these these community members that are kind of like the the advanced you know superstar members they're customers uh, but they're the advanced superstar members of her community and they are actually doing voluntarily uh, doing work to to the, to benefit uh, the rest of her customers you know one way um, you can do this and we see this um we do this over at social media examiner and our networking clubs is we have moderators that are active community members and we showcase those moderators and their picture so that when you go into one of our clubs, like the small business club, you'll see that particular person on every single page within that club. And that's making that person the hero, giving that person exposure, which is oftentimes in recognition, which is often what they want and they love it. And it's a mutually beneficial thing. So if you have forums and stuff like that, that's a really easy way, I think, to make the the, the members of the community that are most active, the heroes. Don't you agree? Absolutely. And there are many content opportunities. You know, there are a lot of uh, community members that might want to write guest blog posts. And I know you, you know, you're, there you go. you get so much of that from your community uh, doing videos. I mean, even if you're, if you're an in, you know, local uh, business, a lot of times one of the, uh, I, you know, I always talk about, you know, take six, eight of your customers to lunch together. Let them just meet each other. Um, it's amazing uh, how, you know, how much loyalty that can breed. Uh, shoot, you know, videos of all of your customers, get as many case studies as you can, or just let them talk about uh, the things that are going well or not going well in their business. It, it's amazing that that whole category of, and it's it's such a terrible term, I think, but it, most people generally know what it means, this whole category of user-generated content. Right. Uh, but getting your customers and your community involved in creating content is a really powerful way to, uh, to not only generate loyalty, but to create more value for other members of the community. That's awesome. So um, that does kind of lead into my next question, which is the, the connection between content and community. Um, how can a business... Or what should a business do with their content in order to draw a community? And I guess the flip side is that how can they use the community to generate content? Just speak a little bit about the connections between community and content. 
Matt, well, I, I think that every, you know, we were, hopefully we're all kind of gotten past the idea that we, we do need to produce all this content. We need to think and strategically about it, too. It's not simply a matter of sitting down saying, oh, gosh, what am I going to write on my blog today? I talk about, I, I think there are five types of content that every business and so then consequently every community uh, needs to, to create. There's content that, that builds trust, uh, content that educates. I mean, there is a point of, of actually going deeper when somebody says, okay, I trust you. Now tell me how your solution works. Mm-hmm. There is then right right in the middle, as far as I'm concerned, user generated uh, content. Then there's other people's content, um, and and the fifth one uh, for me at least is content that converts. Um, because again, all this you know, not 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 going to downplay what we've been talking about the community, but obviously ultimately the the reason for building this community and building value around this community is is to um, to grow, generate yeah, grow your business, right? exchange of value to generate uh, uh, revenue in a business. And so um, I think where a lot of people fall down is they, you know, they think of it almost like a goodwill gesture. You know, we build all this stuff and we give all this free stuff and, and, you know, there's, there's never, in fact, I see a lot of, I see a lot of people with huge social media, social media followings that are, that are not able to pay their bills. I mean, because there's never sort of this intent to say, okay, in a value exchange, you know, ultimately it's going to generate revenue. Um, And I think that that, you know, that has to be the intent. And that's, that doesn't mean that, that you're any less authentic or, or any less, you know, valuable in, in terms of what you're giving. Uh, but you have to have that that's the end game that we're, that we're all on. You know, we, you know, you're, you're going to benefit from being a part of this community and I'm going to show you a way that, that, you know, that, that this business benefits from, uh, from creating this community. I want to ask you, um, and and I typically this is one of my last questions, which is what's a tip that you've been experimenting with recently or an idea that you think businesses can benefit from, something tactical that they can do when it comes to social media or content or this community building thing? What's something that you've been experimenting with, or maybe something that John Jance's huh, this is kind of neat. This works. I've I'm gonna keep trying this. Do you have any tips that you want to share with our community? Well, this one is um this one's more of, uh, you know, this is very tactical first off, so it meets that, uh, but something that I've been playing with recently, and, and it's not a huge aha, I'm just, I'm just finding that I'm a little surprised by how well it works. Um, I was not a fan of the Facebook comment plugin, you know, when it first came out, um, particularly with the idea that I would put it on my main blog. And I, I know you're familiar with it, but just to share a little bit, it's a it's a social plugin that Facebook created that you you can actually make all the commenting on your blog. For example, um, actually, you know, if a, a Facebook user comes to your blog and they want to write a comment and they're logged into Facebook, it actually shares their comment over to Facebook. Now. The reason that I was not a huge fan of that originally is I just I believe your comments are part of your content community. It's part of you know it's an asset that you want to own, and I don't think that I don't have any assets that I want Facebook, but just between you and me to uh, to even manage <laughs> really for me uh, you know permanently where I don't have any say in what they do with them. Right. Uh, I was publicly kind of negative. <clears throat> um, one of the things that I have, and I know you have, and I know a lot of marketers have these days, is I've got eight or ten sites. I have a site for my every time I bring out a new book, like we've been talking about today. Um, and it, it kind of dawned on me, in a way, though the comments or the conversation that happens there um, is a little more short-lived. It, it's about the topic of the book. It's about 
about the launch of the book. It's about the newness of the book. And uh, so, so I've actually been experimenting with using the Facebook comment plugin there. And I've actually been very pleasantly surprised at what that's done in terms of spreading the conversation. Uh, in the, you know, obviously only in the social network of Facebook, uh, but when you're trying to generate a lot of buzz around a product launch or a campaign or, in my case, you know, a new book, um, I, I think it actually allows you to extend your community uh, beyond your email marketing list. And we could do a whole other show on, on you know, who those people are um, in your community and what role they, you know, the, the e- that email plays. Uh, but I've been really uh, – I, I would tell people that, that in, the, in the instance like I have where you have a new product or a launch or a campaign or something, re- really explore some of those uh, social plugins like the Facebook comment plugin because it, it, it's proving to be a great way to spread um, the commentary that's going on there. I think it's a great idea. I did it with my second book launch. And um, what's great about it is you can now add comments to a static site. So a lot of times when we create a special page for a special product or service that's not going to necessarily be promoted forever, we may not want to necessarily do it in WordPress and use our comment systems. The other good news is that most people don't ever log out of Facebook. So the barrier to entry for them to leave a comment is very minimal because their face will show up and they just leave a comment. And believe it or not, I'm nearly certain that Facebook does allow you to leave a comment if you're not a Facebook user. Um, I'm almost certain of that, but but I may be wrong. Um, but yeah, that's a great tip, John. I appreciate that. So um, if folks want to check out your brand new book, The Commitment Engine, or they want to learn more about you and what you're doing, John, where would you send them? Well, the, the the first place in terms of kind of globally about me, and of course, I, you know, there'll be, uh, especially right now, there'll be lots of neon signs about the new book is at uh, ducttapemarketing.com, and that's D-U-C-T. T-A-P-E marketing.com. I've created a site just for the book. The subtitle of the book is actually called Making, or now I have to look myself. It's been so long, right? Uh, Making Work Worth It. And so I, I actually created a website, makingworkworthit.com. And there's uh, I've captured now uh, several hundred stories of people answering that simple question, what makes work worth it to you? And uh, so it's kind of a fun place to go and, and check out some different content that's that's related specifically to the book. Well, folks, I strongly recommend you check out John. He's doing great stuff and definitely check out his new book. And John, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule today. It's a pleasure, Mike. Be sure to check out John's new book, The Commitment Engine. And if you want to check out the show notes for today's podcast, you can visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 10. That's the number 10. Uh, This does bring us to the end of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. If you've loved what you've heard, or even if you liked what you've heard, would you do me a favor and head over to iTunes and give us a rating? And if you really love it, we'd love a five-star rating. Also, absolutely love a review. Also, be sure to download the podcast app and subscribe to our podcast so you do not miss any episodes. And I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.